0: Good morning. Uh, just before we get into the word, I hope you don't mind another, I don't know if a prophetic word, but I was looking at, I know we're sparse in numbers today, and you know what it reminded me of, and I'm not, I hope I don't offend anyone who hasn't come, because everyone needs a break, we all have good reasons for not being here, but I wanted to honor the people who are here this morning, and I, rem- I was reminded of that um, story in the Bible where Jesus is in the crowd, and there's crowds pushing in around him, and there was one woman who reached for him, and he felt her touch, and he felt that, and I just got a sense this morning that God is saying, push on, through, push forward, um, you know, it doesn't matter, don't look to the left or the right, keep going, and, and move on, and when you can't, am I going in and out, am I, um, when it feels like you can't, that's when you push even harder, um, the Springboks have taught us anything, <laughs> so a team can be losing until the last minute and a half of a game, Right. That's not the message this morning. Um, <laughs> but welcome this morning. Uh, if this mic gives hassles, let me know. I can't really, you, you can't hear it so well yourself, but if it does, I'll just switch over. So we are busy with a series on James. And notice that thing going on and off and on and off. I, we pray that it's going to work because I've got a short video that I'm going to show you much later. Um, but we've been doing a series on the book of James and we've been the, the the idea behind the book of James and a lot of what he writes about is spiritual maturity you know, how to sort of develop and grow in our faith. And so most of the book of James is not addressed to people outside the, outside the church so much as it is addressed to us believers for lessons for us in our faith and how to grow and develop. And over the weeks, we've looked at testing and trials. We've looked at how we handle truth. And today we're going to be talking about a very often spoken about topic, but, our, but, but difficult to apply, and that is the taming of the tongue. Because James um, speaks about the importance, and in fact, it's not just James, but Scripture again and again and again speaks about the importance of watching our words. And um, I was Googling, as one does when you are preparing for a sermon, and I don't know how people come up with these studies. I really don't. I don't know how they have decided um, that this is definitive, but apparently humans speak on average anything from 6,000 to 16,000 words a day. And some studies have averaged it down to um, men speaking about 7,000 and ladies being somewhere in the region of 20,000. And that's only because we clearly have to repeat ourselves three times. (laughs) (laughs) But the definition of the word word is So what is a word? Because, I mean, there's multiple languages. There's thousands of languages. What is a word? And a word, according to Google, is a single, distinct, meaningful element of speech. And if you think about, and I, I often tell the kids in my class this, I mean, all, every single one of us had to learn how to speak. I mean, no baby is born going, greetings, mother and father, you know, <laughs> here I am. You learn to speak, and it's a process. And basically, you, you start off with certain sounds. And so essentially, words are nothing more than a variation of groupings of sounds that we are capable of making. And each kind of language has got its own sort of, Series or range of sounds. And the funny thing is, although all of us are born with the capabilities of probably speaking every language in the world, you you begin to sort of lose the ability to speak certain sounds if they don't apply in your language. So think of a good example as like the Afrikaans, the I hate to do this over the mark, but that kh sound, you know, like lach in dach. It's that ch. A lot of overseas people who don't have that in any of their languages actually battle to make that sound. So language is something that we learn. And if we're, if we're going to put it into perspective, then words and sentences and paragraphs are basically just a series of sounds that we make. And then further to that, one of the main mechanisms that we use for making sound is our tongue. It's a tiny little muscle. You and I don't even think about it. We don't even think when we're speaking what our tongue is doing, um, unless you've been taught to do that. My son is busy with a speech therapist at the moment, and it's very interesting to know, you know, the speech therapist will say, oh, the, you, when we're doing this, your tongue's going here and it's going there, and I find myself going like, oh, da- oh, yes, it does. You know, you don't even notice it. It's so automatic and natural. But basically, all our words come down to sounds we make and muscles that we use, and so words are pretty basic and simple when you think about it. Yet over and over and over again in Scripture, not just in the book of James, but in throughout the Word of God, it speaks about the importance of guarding and watching our words. And so we're going to kick off this morning by reading James chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. And it is a fairly lengthy portion of passage, but it is so important. And I encourage you to really listen, and it, it should come up on screen. So it says this. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. So just by what you say, you can sort out your whole life. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. It's a bit of a heavy portion of Scripture. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. I apologize. After last night's win, that seems like a bit of a downer. Like, ah, what do we come to church for now? Like, to be shouted at. Not at all. Um... And we're going to unpack that portion of Scripture, and hopefully by the end of it, we won't leave you feeling condemned, we'll leave you feeling encouraged and challenged and understanding the responsibility that God is laying out before us here. And so I'm going to jump straight into it, and I've just got three, three points to point out this morning, um, and then hopefully it'll be a quick one for those ones seem to go and catch up on sleep. <laughs> the first point I want to make is this, according to that Scripture in James, is that words have power. They really do. In Proverbs 18 verse 21, it says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So whether you like the good stuff or the bad stuff, that's the fruit you're eating. The good words or the bad words, that's what you're speaking over your life, life or Death. Do you remember that saying, you know, when one of your friends would say something nasty to you and you'd go, ah, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? Anyone still in their mature age believe that to be true? I know Mr. Maiden, our principal, often says to the kids in assembly, he says, sticks and stones may make me sore, but words can hurt me even more. And I doubt there are many of us sitting here who haven't ever felt the effect Of words, whether they were positive words spoken over us or whether they were negative words spoken over us or by us and what they've brought about in our lives and the results of them that we live in today. Because words might be a little more than a series of sounds, but there is power in those sounds. Lives have been changed by words. In fact, I would hazard a guess, never having sat in a war room with generals, that probably you would find throughout the course of humankind that every single war and battle and argument and act of whatever against another human being has probably begun with an exchange of words of some kind. The portfolio that I handle at school, one of them is is discipline, and very often I find kids coming to me who've now had an argument or a fight or a falling out, and you go, what what happened? And it always starts with he said or she said, and sometimes they start off saying to each other because it's cool to share, like I share insults and they do this thing called dissing, you know, where you disrespect and share all those your mama jokes and all those terrible, terrible, terrible things that kids think they are so they think they're so funny in their immaturity. Until someone crosses a line, and then you said, and now I will say, you know, it doesn't happen often, I promise. But most fights start from an exchange of words. And there's many, did you just laugh at your friend and nudge her? (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking, I'm joking. Words, oh no, I'm joking. Every single one of us is guilty. We've been on the receiving end and the giving end, I'm sure, in any arguments of some of the stuff we've said. I know I'm not allowed to ask this. Are we okay this morning? Everyone's like, ah, After the Springbok win, now we're coming to church to be shouted at. I promise you not. Because um, I know the week I've had. (laughs) Just this week alone, it's amazing how when you know a topic's coming up, it's like you get tested in that area. And so the more I try and prep on this, the more the words and the unkind things are flowing out of my mouth. And then I go, oh, now I've got to stand here and say this. So I stand here the least of the least. I promise you that. There's also many schools of thought that speak about the positive effect of words. Um, there's whole studies being done on talking to plants. Is that, is that, I mean, you've heard of that and playing their music, and I don't know, Did anyone play their lilies music or not? Um, and they've even done things where they have spoken to people and captured teardrops and positive words, the drops crystallize in this way, and negative words the drops crystallize in that way. And whether there's proof to that or not, I'm not sure. But but we certainly can't deny that there is power in the spoken word. Because the very universe in which we currently sit started off as the spoken word of God. Over and over and over in Genesis, it says, God said. And it was so. And throughout the creation and throughout the whole formation of the universe, it was God's spoken word that brought all of us into being. There is power in the words that we say. There is power in the sounds that we make. And um, I want to show you a video, but we're not going to get there just yet. But I'm going to to warn you in advance, we don't need the the sound up. And for those who have hearing aids, it might come a bit sharp because they're going to be playing a violin string, a violin bow. So it might be kind of loud and penetrating. So I have asked the sound desk to turn it down a little bit when we get there. Um, but I was talking to my class this week. We were ta- we've been studying about the stars and planets, and we've been talking about the different types of telescopes. And you get optical telescopes that you look through, but you also get radio telescopes that can... That can det- there we are that can detect radio waves that are being emitted from far-off planets and things we can't even see. And, I mean, if you think about it right now, at this very moment in this room, flying around our heads are radio waves, 5 FM, East Coast radio. We just lack the equipment to decipher it. Whereas if we had a radio here and we tuned it in, we'd be able to listen to those radio waves. Nobody would doubt that they're here. We might not know it all the time because it's not something we're used to, but it is there, and it does have an effect. And there's a whole field of study, and I'm going to show you a video now. It's called somatics, and it is incredibly, incredibly interesting. And this is not like a New Age kind of vibe thing. This is literally science that they're doing, and it speaks about the power of sound and the effects that it can have on objects around. So I'm not going to ruin too much of it. I'm going to ask if they can put the video on just a, a... Please keep the sound like just above mute, so we can still hear it, but not in our heads. We're good. Well, I thought that was cool. I showed the kids in my class, because I've been prepping for this for a while, and I was like, oh, guys, you want to see a cool video? And I showed them. They were all like, oh, <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Mrs. Wollingham. <laughs> we really appreciated that. Some of them were like, yeah, that was cool. Others were just like, I said, did you enjoy it? And your kids are like, no. <laughs> I tried. And that's just a 56-minute clip. It, it happens with an entire range of sounds. If you've got time, go and YouTube somatics, and they play violin bows, and they beat on drums. And the amazing thing is that you would think that sound is just chaos, but there isn't. There's a certain order and a certain beauty that comes out of it. It's C-Y-M-A-T-I-C-S for anyone wanting to Google, somatics. I think I'm saying it right. It is so incredible when you realize that all around us, in things we can't even perceive, there is is a power and an effect that is carried out, and we don't even know about it. And so when Scripture says your words have power and you need to guard your tongue because the power of life and death is in your tongue, I don't think God means that as like a nice little metaphor like, oh, it's probably a good idea every now and then to be nice. He's saying there's power in what you say. The things you speak, whether positive or negative, over your own life, over the lives of others, the things we prophesy, oh, you know, this is going to kill me. We've got to be so careful what we say. Blessings and curses cannot come from the same spring. Again and again and again, James emphasizes that if we get our speech under control, which is essentially linked to our thoughts and our actions, if we can get that under control, if we can be disciplined in what we say and how we say it, we've won most of the battle. A true sign of spiritual maturity is knowing when to speak and when not to speak. Knowing what to say and what not to say. And sometimes, we have all these wonderful things. You know, it's really, really easy to be kind. Just think of something unkind and don't say it. <laughs> you know, there's, there's all these thoughts that come into our heads, and we're like, oh, yeah, you know, and, and, and did you hear? And here's the gossip, and here's the slander, and this person has really irritated me, and we all say things that kind of affect us in that moment, and we blurt them out, but a true sign of spiritual maturity is being able to take a step back, hold the tongue, and go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about that before I say it. Abraham Joshua Heschel, Was a Jewish theologian and a um, philosopher. And he said this Speech has power, words do not fade. What starts out as a sound ends in a deed. And so I believe it's really vital and, and really pivotal that James has followed this verse on from the one we did last week, which was about how our faith is made. Um, visible by our actions, like the authenticity in our faith is from our actions and our deeds, not we do them to have the faith, but because we have this faith, we automatically follow the right course of action. That course of action usually is linked directly to our thoughts and our words and what we say, which brings me to point number two. We are accountable for what we say, even if we say it's behind closed doors. You know what they say a secret is, hey? A secret is something you tell to only one person at a time. <laughs> Can I tell you something? Don't tell anyone else. All right. Some secrets are good. You've got to have a confidence. You've got to have people you're accountable to. But make sure that when you speak to those people, you know that they will keep that there. We're accountable for what we say. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus is uh, talking to the scribes and Pharisees and um, he says this, this is Matthew twelve thirty three to 37. He says, Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. Tim said last week, I can't have measles and preach mumps, hoping you'll catch mumps, you'll catch the measles, you'll catch what I've got. So, so the, it starts from the inside. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? Then he says this, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings out good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word that they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. I think I've shared this before, but I always said, because there's that verse, and it's James starts off with it. He goes, don't, like, teachers and preachers will be the most harshly judged. That's how James 3, verse 1 starts off. And I was always like, I heard that when I was a teenager, I will never be a teacher or a preacher. (sighs) And now I'm both. But there is a certain responsibility that, that and it doesn't fall lightly on the shoulders of people who stand here. You, you kind of want to live by what you say, knowing full well that you're not a perfect person. And we go, okay, that's good for the teachers and the preachers. I'm never going to be in any of those. But I would guess that in some way or another, each and every one of us is. Each and every one of us is, in a way, a teacher. In that we will have children who look up to us, or siblings, or colleagues, or employees, or somebody at some point who will hold us in esteem and say, okay, what you say it must carry weight because of who you are. And so that burden isn't just, oh, for the people that preach and are on stage. He's saying basically for everyone, if you live your life and you live your life in such a way you're going to demonstrate God, then there's a burden on us to demonstrate and speak in a godly way. I saw this on Facebook, and it was pretty cool, because a guy said, so got a mug of water in front of you, and um, what happens, sorry, what happens, I meant to do that, why did water come out of the mug? Because I shook the mug. No, water came out because there's water in the mug. If there was coffee in the mug, coffee would have come out. If there was Coke in the mug, Coke would have come out. We often say things to people and go, this is your fault. You know, I've said it now because you shook me, you pressed me, you made me mad. Actually, what goes in the mug is our responsibility. Every single one of us will be shaken, will be pressed, will be tested. But what comes out of us can't be anybody else's fault but our own or anybody else's responsibility but our own. And so we often go, oh, but he made me so mad. You go, yeah, that's fine, that happens. But what came out was because of what you've allowed inside. And therein is our responsibility. Luke 6.45, which is basically Matthew 12, but just told in a slightly different way, says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And so I don't want anybody to go, oh, well, then clearly I'm just evil and I'm not coming back here because that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying Scripture wouldn't put it to us like that unless there was a certain element that it was in our control. And so the idea this morning is for us to be challenged and to go, you know what, I'm going to be good on the inside. I'm going to pressing closer to God. I'm going to pursue. I'm going to be like that woman in the crowd who, who hungered after Jesus. And doesn't matter who else is around. They, she stretched for him. She reached for him, and he felt her touch. And because of that, she was greatly honored by him. We can walk away, and we can go, oh, well, it's hopeless. It's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. There's not a single heart that he can't change. There's not a single life that he can't change. There's not a single sin that you and I have committed that he cannot cover with the blood of Christ and say, you are a new creation, even in this moment right now. This is not about condemnation, it's about realization of what we are called to and who we are called to be in Christ, and to go, that's my responsibility. I'm going to fill the mug with the holy water because that's what I'm called to fill it with. And so when I'm shaken, or the taxi driver cuts me off, or somebody has been late again for an appointment, or through no fault of my own, I've gotten slightly riled, what comes out of me is not this salty, brackish water, but this clear Holy water, because that's what's inside of me. And that is a choice for each and every one of us to make. Which brings us to point number three, and the final point for this morning. Our words cannot point both towards God and away from God. We're doing one or the other. We can't on the one hand be going, oh, these people I'll speak to like this, and be kind to them, and be godly around them, but these people I'm not going to. No offense to people on this side of the room. I wasn't aiming at you. (laughs) These people, no, I'm joking. It's a discipline. It's not an overnight fix. We will all fall short. short. I mean, James says, he says, only a perfect person always says the right stuff. So this isn't a case of going, oh, sorry, you slipped up too many times now. You're out. This is a case of going, well, you know what? The more I press into God, the more the Holy Spirit changes me from the inside out. But there are certain things that we can do. So it's the power of God that changes us, but it's our habits that kind of allow and open doors for that change to happen. And there's certain disciplines we need to have, such as when guarding our words, we always teach the kids at school that they must think before they speak. And you might have heard this, the acronym THINK, T-H-I-N-K. And before you say anything, you go, is it true? Is it helpful? is it inspiring, is it necessary, and is it kind? And if what I'm saying to people or about people doesn't fall into those categories and pass through those filters, maybe the only person I should be speaking to about it is God. Just a thought. It's a discipline, and it's easy to stand here and say, but it's difficult to apply. But it comes with practice. It comes with testing. It comes with Constantly going, okay, God, I, how can I examine this area? How can I improve in it? I read recently that it takes only one liter of oil to contaminate a million liters of water, give or take. Or imagine I had a box of Smarties here and I was like, I'm going to give you the box of Smarties. There's 40 Smarties in the box. One of them is like pure poison and it will kill you if you eat it, but take the box. Go and have fun. And you're like, yeah, no, I don't, um, <laughs> I don't know if I want to risk that. I like Smarties, but I don't think my odds are, are that great. Yet we do that with our words. We do that with our, with, our, with our spirits. We go, oh, well, it's okay to toy with this and toy with that because the, the rest of it's okay. We need to clean out every area the tongue is the smallest muscle. Nobody goes to gym to pump up the tongue. It's the muscle you don't think about. Yet the Bible tells us it's probably the most powerful in this sense because it controls what we say. I'm going to end off by reading James 3 again. And I'm sorry, this is not a, a shouty preacher. It really isn't. This is about us going, Lord, help me because I'm not perfect. And your word has said that only Jesus is perfect, and so I can only be made perfect in Christ. And even then, I shall struggle. And even then, I shall battle with it. And even then, it's a discipline. And we shall slip up, and we shall be irritated with each other, and we shall say things. But you know what? At the end of the day, if we can stand before God one day and go, Lord, I I I can be accountable for every word. Because I know that when I spoke, I did it to honor you. James 3 verse 1 to 12 from the message says this, don't be in any rush to become a teacher my friends, teaching is highly responsible work, teachers are held to the strictest standards and none of us is perfectly qualified, we get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths and that's every single one of us because each of us teach in some way or another. If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of life. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke, and go up in smoke with it, smoke right from the pit of hell. This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild, a wanton killer. With our tongues, we bless God our Father. With the same tongues, we curse the very men and women he made in his image, curses and blessings out of the same mouth. My friends, this can't go on. A spring doesn't gush fresh water one day and brackish the next, does it? Apple trees don't bear strawberries, do they? Raspberry bushes don't bear apples, do they? You're not going to dip into a polluted mud hole and get a cup of clear, cool water, are you? This morning, I feel challenged, so maybe it was just for me, but there are things we say and things we are called to say, and the only way we know what is from God and what isn't from God is if we know God himself, and so I would encourage each and every one of us because this is one of the key tools of the enemy is to turn people against people. He doesn't need us to be devil worshippers. He just needs us to not be worshiping God. That's all he wants. He's not looking to pull a big crowd around himself and be like, yeah, follow me. He's just going, oh, whatever you do, just don't follow God. Let's not let him win. Is it okay if we stand and pray together on that heavy note? And so the challenge to the ladies is, instead of 20,000 words, let's see if the men can hear us on (laughs) 7,000. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you've given us the gift of speech. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us the ability to communicate with each other. Father, may you teach each and every one of us to be kind, to be godly, and to be authentic with each other in our speech. Lord, may every word we speak, although we might not see it, and its unseen power, may the effect that it has be building the foundation of your kingdom over and over and over again. Lord, may every word we say honor you. May every course of action we take, Father, may it point towards you. And, Lord, I pray for every single person that is here this morning and every single family, every single business, every single school, every single area that is represented right here, Lord, whether it be a club, whether it be a social group. Father, you have said that we can set a forest on fire with our words. Lord, that we we need just the right word. And, Father, we pray that you would give us each just the right word in the right time to set the godly fire in motion.